It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross. Yes! Yes! Touchdown! I did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker has the day off, getting some work done on his teeth. A little hard to speak into the microphone when you can't fill your mouth. It might be entertaining for a lot of us, but not for him. So he's got the day off. We'll excuse him for it. So just me flying solo here over the next couple of hours with you and love to have your feedback and your participation to make these two hours go by a lot more smoothly. Love to hear from you and get your reactions to a couple different topics going on today. Um, as we teased, we will be hearing from Coach Anderson and some of the players uh, as they kind of share some of their thoughts about uh, the Air Force win that they had on Saturday and then getting ready for Colorado State coming up this weekend. Uh, interesting comment from Daniel Grishik from July when I spoke to him at the Utah State Media Day. And uh, this is definitely one of two games on the Utah State football calendar that he has uh, he has circled. I'll explain that coming up a little bit. Uh, but i uh, love to continue to get your, your thoughts and reactions to what happened on Saturday with Utah State and Air Force. Uh, if you want to have any more reactions to the uh, scrimmage for Utah State basketball uh, on Friday, we can do that as well. Uh, we've got the full audio from Coach uh, Blake, or not Blake, <laughs> Ryan Odom. I'm mixing coaches from Ryan Odom that we could get to. Uh, but uh, also the Major League Baseball playoffs continue. And so continue to look at the scoreboard there of what's going on in the uh, league uh, divisional series that are going on. And, uh, and then recapping uh, the weekend for the NFL now that that uh, weekend is done. And several different interesting storylines to take from that NFL weekend. Uh, I know that uh, it started on Thursday and then concluded last night, but uh, it's there's been a lot of talk, I know, on this station with some of our national programs. But uh, we'll have a chance for you to weigh in, too, on more of a local level as well. But a number of overreactions, I believe, and how different quarterbacks were treated and certain plays were treated uh, over the weekend in reaction to what happened to Tua Tonga-Vailoa uh, and the uh, Miami Dolphins. so uh, And there's some, some controversy after what happened after the, uh, the Kansas City and Las Vegas game last night with Devontae Adams. Um, and I know that's been a hot topic as well. And we just heard that uh, you know there's it's still going on. There's investigations, a police report. You know, the, the photographer uh, was taken to the hospital. And so I, I think that uh, it, it could have been an opportunity to you know go after a high-profile NFL uh, athlete who is worth a lot of money. Uh, but you know, here's a guy who ran right in front of him. When you look at the different angles, 
The, the first angle I saw with the Devontae Adams issue, it looked like, okay, this guy looks like a jerk. You know, he's a sore loser, and he's pushing some, some you know, some scrub, some just worker who's moving equipment and, uh, and pushes him down to get out of his way. Okay, that's not a classic thing to do. But when I've looked at it from other angles, particularly those who come that are following behind Devontae Adams as he's coming into the uh, area in the tunnel, this guy runs right in front of him and cuts him off and gets in his way. Now, should he have pushed him to the side like he did? Maybe not so aggressively, but I think this is being overblown, uh, taking a little bit too much uh, out of context, especially when you see some of these other angles. And you consider the guy's wearing a helmet, he's probably his head's down, he's trying to just get out of there, and then somebody's all of a sudden right up on him, and he's trying to clear some space. So I, I think this is much to do about nothing. But if you want to weigh in on a lot of different topics that we have today, 435-339-0321. Utah Jazz are in action today as well. Uh, they've got their uh, another preseason basketball game tonight. It's going to be their first preseason game at Vivint Smart Home Arena, taking on the San Antonio Spurs. A couple of players will rest because of rest, certainly the uh, more of the more veteran variety. A couple other players still recovering from injury, uh, noticeably, um, uh, notably uh, Malik uh, Beasley and uh, Udoku Azubuke. But uh, pretty much everybody else will have some opportunities as the uh, as, as training camp continues for the Utah Jazz to try to fine-tune their roster, who's going to stay on, who's going to get cut, who may be headed to the G League. So we can talk about that as well. Uh, and whatever else may be on your mind, 435-339-0321 if you want to uh, chime in. Uh, 5338 texting in, will there be a postseason top 20 Aggies list? Uh, really good question. Now, after the first few weeks, both Jason and I talked about how much we need to revise uh, our preseason top 25 lists. Um, some of that was because you know, some transfers who we didn't know what they would look like, some players that we had uh, anticipation for how they might integrate and may utilize, and they just they haven't uh, materialized just yet. And certainly we've had some players who have been hurt and have taken out of the mix. So um, that's not a bad idea, though, to to recast the top 20 uh, Aggies. Now we did top 25. I don't know if we'll go full 25, but it may be interesting to do some of a postseason list after it's all said and done. But five games through the season so far, yeah, well, there's a lot of different uh, players that I would move up and some that I would definitely move down on the list that we put together before the season. And remind you, we put that that list together before any practices, before any fall scrimmages. This was purely based on the year before, what we saw in spring, and what we had anticipated for uh, what was going on in the summer. So not to say that's an excuse that we may have missed on a few guys, but that's just the reality as it was in there were some people we just didn't know, and uh, there were some that were perhaps a little overhyped and some that definitely were underhyped. So anyway, but not a bad suggestion there, 5338. We may have to take a look at that. Um, but definitely this Utah State football team has been turning a corner, and finally they 
turned it enough to get the victory on Saturday. So two and four on the season with seven games left to go. Um, and so it, uh, excuse me, six games left to go. Uh, bad math. But, uh, you know, this is a team that uh, now halfway through, you know, is there, you know, how much of a possibility is it that they become bowl eligible? And I was looking at uh, you know, the ESPN does a game by game kind of uh, who's who may be favored to win. And that changes as the season goes on. And uh, a few weeks ago, it didn't look like Utah State was going to be favored to beat really hardly anybody, but that's been changing. And now Utah State sits in a position where they're favored to beat Colorado State, New Mexico, and Hawaii, but they're only being given a 33% chance at Hawaii, 29.7% chance at home against San Jose, and only a 14.7% chance at Boise State. So if the Aggies are going to get bowl eligible, win the games are predicted to win, and you got to pick up another one somewhere else. So Colorado State, New Mexico, and Hawaii, the Aggies should be able to pick up those games. So where's that fourth game going to come from that gets them to bowl eligibility? I would suggest that Wyoming is your greatest chance of doing that. Um, it's always tough to play in Laramie. But the way San Jose is playing so far, and Boise is always tough to beat in Boise, those are going to be much more challenging. But um, no, the game at Wyoming, yeah, maybe. But uh, certainly they got to get past Colorado State first. That's coming up this Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network. And uh, a couple of things before we get too much into that uh, Colorado State team, like who they are, what they look like, and what the the coaches and players are saying about them, it's still worth going back and highlighting some of the things that were different and and really worked for USU against Air Force. And one of the things that that, uh, stood out to me on Monday, talking to the coach and, and and the players, was how Utah State essentially changed who they are defensively up front, and now they attack that Air Force running attack. Interesting comments here from Coach Blake Anderson yesterday. To me, where our style of defense showed up was when they pitched the ball and put the ball in the perimeter, how fast we were able to chase it down, how fast we were able to recover on the play-action shots downfield. We didn't give up the big post, the big vertical. They had the one exchange where we tripped. Really, Dom Tatum's going right to the guy to cover him down and gets picked off. Or are we matched up on that stuff? So it wasn't so much tackles for loss and sacks as it was the speed on the perimeter, the speed to chase things down without them getting out into open space, and the speed to be able to recover on the play actions. We we did still make it very difficult for them to to move the ball. If you look at just the average per carry and, and the yardage compared to what they normally have, it did show up. It just looks a little bit different in the stat line. And so that was – Excuse me, that was some of the defensive successes against Air Force, but this is what he said about changing kind of who they are up front that caused some success in slowing down and having some of those defensive successes. And it was because of how they they changed the way that they were attacking the line on Saturday compared to what they've done most of the year to this point. A lot of our vertical push-up field was a problem. It created gaps that we couldn't fill at the second and third level. 
we changed our techniques dramatically. We played more lateral, more uh, squeezing gaps down. I think we had a much better beat on what to expect from Air Force as well. They spent a tremendous amount of time looking for tendencies and alignment keys, and, and, and it did help us. We knew a lot better about what to expect based off of how they lined down and deployed their fronts. So technically we changed, and then just a better idea of what to anticipate and com better communication with our guys. Uh, you know, I just think we played more physically as well. I think we just, I think the defense had a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, and I think that one of the other things too that needs to be highlighted is just how this team seems to have been coming together more as a team. And earlier in the year, it was a concern that was expressed, but I don't think too many of us took it too seriously until after the losses started piling up and it became a glaring issue with Utah State, and that is that this team early on was lacking in student leadership, not enough vocal leaders holding each other accountable. And that was a, a big point of emphasis for Coach Anderson and his other coaches and those few senior leaders and others who, who were speaking up uh, that not enough of them were. And that's certainly been something that's been changing since that Weber State loss and it uh, was there were still some issues with unsportsmanlike penalties and issues that caused Utah State to basically shoot themselves in the foot. But this has been getting better and has been improving over these last few weeks for Utah State, and that has not gone unnoticed by uh, Blake Anderson. And uh, just looking at the the leadership of his team and how that's improving, it looks different than it did a year ago. It's not the same group. But in their own way, guys are taking ownership. The main thing is the group in a, as a whole has continued to work. Even though it's been frustrating and, and things weren't going perfectly, the group as a whole has, has accepted coaching, accepted the leadership of other guys, and continue to work, and we've, we've continued to get better. Uh, so yeah, more on that uh, here in just a little bit. want to get back to your texts on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, 9315 says, does anything that we did in the Air Force game usable in any of our other games left? Uh, absolutely. Ab absolutely it's uh, usable in any other future game that's still on the, on the schedule. Like that, the defensive front, as we just heard, didn't go as much vertical to get after the quarterback because you just it's you're you're wasting your energy and you're creating lanes for Air Force if you do that. So the the defensive front did change against Air Force. I imagine they'll go back to more vertical, utilizing speed, getting after the quarterback. However. It did teach this team and did teach that defensive front and those linebackers how to play more sound in the in the run game and in uh, as uh, as teams may try to exploit certain gaps with their own offensive front. So great opportunities for this team, this Aggie team, to have success, to see success, and being able to. Not stop, because you can't really stop Air Force, but you can limit and frustrate Air Force. And that, that's really what they were able to do. Slow them down, not stop them, but slow them down and limit them. Few teams that they face will be as effective as Air Force 
in how they do things in running the ball. Now, there are some teams that have some solid running backs still ahead on the schedule, but uh, as, a, as a whole, as a team, as a full unit, nobody's going to do it quite like Air Force does. So Utah State has, I think, learned some important lessons in how they changed up their scheme a little bit, held firm to you know, their defensive assignments, and was able to slow some things down after giving up a lot of yards to a specific running back in the first half. They dramatically limited him in his ability in the second. So really encouraged by what they did defensively there. Now, offensively, look, that was – I don't think that we saw a different offensive scheme from Utah State on Saturday. I think we just saw a team that's gaining confidence and was seeing opportunities and took advantage of those opportunities. Uh, so, yeah, I think you know to, to broadly answer the question, I think there are a lot of things – that were done against Air Force that you will see that could be used in future games for Utah State. Uh, and, and certainly one of those highlights for Utah State was Brian Cobbs and how he emerged. And it's not like he just came out of nowhere on Saturday. He had some great moments uh, earlier in the season, but that was his biggest game, uh, just putting together an entire game from Brian Cobbs. And Anderson was was uh, quick to point out that it wasn't necessarily the game plan to always go to him. Some of it was just based on what Air Force was doing defensively that provided opportunities for him. But certainly he has been working hard and putting in the work, and uh, now they're starting to emerge with with success on the field in these games, and that's really gratifying. He's super solid. Uh, loved him all along the way. Knew he was a guy that would work hard, big-body guy that, that didn't mind catching the ball with people around him. I think he had a great connection with, with Logan. He's continued that with Coop. They both have a lot of confidence in him. He, he's winning in one-on-one situations, and, and he's got a capacity to play the whole game. Um, I, I don't feel like that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel like there's particularly any difference between um, their confidence in, in Terrell or in, in uh, Griff. It's just one of those games where, man, everything we, we did with, with Cobb, Tended to tend to turn out in a good way. Uh, we want to continue to spread it around. Want to make sure everybody's got to be defended. But his work ethic and the way he approaches every day, it does show up on the field. And he came through big when we when absolutely had him uh, had to have him. Third and one, vertical catch that was tough to make. A fourth and one or two, uh, slant route with a competitive catch. Those were two of the biggest of the day, and clearly getting us on the board with a touchdown early with a slip move inside and getting over the top. So I mean, he's playing at a really high level. Yeah, that was really fun to see him play so well. You know, over 130 yards catching, got into the end zone. Uh, great uh, performance by Calvin Tyler Jr. Certainly Cooper Legault was solid. And so your your big three on offense came through. And uh, just as we uh, – you, you need it to happen. Um, and that's uh, what worked for Utah State. And, you know, is that going to be the same recipe uh, against Colorado State? Will it be the same three? Now, certainly you'd hope at least two of the three are the same, but it's not, I guess, necessary that it's the same personnel because uh, we've seen McGriff be the re- leading receiver in a game this season. Uh, we could see you know, Vaughn continue to to shine and have some big moments. So there's other, uh, other guys who could have some opportunities. Brock Lane is expected to be back uh, this next week and utilizing that tight end 
could be a, a really interesting opportunity to see that concept used a little bit more. So, But it's certainly when it comes down to it, when it boils down to it, though, a team that has a quarterback that throws and, run, frankly, runs efficiently, uh, a wide receiver who can dominate, and a running back who can get to or push close to 100 yards rushing, you know, you're going to have a good day. And uh, odds are definitely in your favor that you're going to come out on top in that game. In fact, there is a specific formula that Coach Anderson looks at that has proven to be the uh, the secret sauce for his football team and, and success while here at Utah State. What is that? We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. But if you want to weigh in, love to hear from you, 435-339-0321. We'll also look back at Week 5 in the NFL, some overreactions, several different locations with with quarterbacks and uh, and how you can even touch or defend a quarterback, I don't even know how anybody would want to be a defensive player playing college or college or uh, NFL football anymore with the way that the rules are changing. So we'll get into that. Uh, and uh, Utah Utah Jazz have their first home preseason game a little bit later on tonight as well. Touch on all of those things. Get your comments on our full court press text line as well here on 106.9 FM. 1390 AM, The Fan. Hey, Aggie fans. (laughs) Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky what happened. It's unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace. There's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like, Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking at wind. I know you need it out of the game. But, bro, the, you just quit because you were tired. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself, and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is uh, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely. 
locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Staying on course without support is tough. With help from family and community, you get valuable support for recovery from a mental or substance use disorder. Join the Voices for Recovery. Visible, vocal, valuable. For confidential information on mental and substance use disorders, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the topics of the day, feel free to text into the Full Court Press text line. 435-339-0321 and uh, 9315 saying, Seeing we ran really well in the Air Force game on offense should really help in other games. Uh, yes, no, maybe so, and I say yes. Uh, yes, absolutely yes. <laughs> if you if you can't run very well, then you're not going to get many other things flowing. Uh, now, Utah State's l- team last year kind of proved otherwise, that the, the passing game overcame um, uh, kind of a lackluster rushing attack, but there were... Th- multiple dynamic wide receivers. This year's team doesn't have multiple dynamic wide receivers, so you need the running game to be effective. And with uh, Calvin Tyler, he's been pretty effective uh, this year. There have been some games where that hasn't gone great. That's not always on him as to why that is. Briggs provides another option. And certainly with Cooper Laga, that uh, opens things up and keeps things moving on the ground as well. So uh, an effective rushing attack from Utah State is can pay huge dividends uh, down the road for Utah State. And this was an offensive line that had some inexperienced guys that they were trying to fit in there and uh, figure out um, and um, you know, give credit to that offensive line coming together and uh, becoming more confident, more snaps, more time, more reps, it's uh, starting to work out, and running back can only run as effectively as the, the lanes and, and gaps are created for him uh, to, to most degrees. I mean, not totally. I mean, uh, if, if it's not there, then a speedy <laughs> running back can get around the edges and get around it. But, but uh, generally speaking, I think you need to give a lot of credit to that offensive line as well, not just to Calvin Tyler and his progression and uh, Cooper Lagaud and how well he's doing rushing uh, the ball. Also, but uh, definitely a couple different things that need to be highlighted there uh, for uh, for Utah State. Um, we've been hearing a couple of things from Coach Anderson and uh, reflecting back on on the game against the Air Force, highlighting some specific players, how the the team was coming together with their leadership, uh, some things that they changed on defense. But one of the things that uh, he did talk about is that there is a specific formula for success for Utah State in his time here in Logan. And um, it, it's not the simple thing about scoring more points than the other team. Come on, it's more 
There's a little more to it than that. But uh, there is a specific formula that Coach Anderson looks at. That if you do these things, the Aggies are going to win. Here's what he explains. We're 13-0 and here when we win the turnover battle and the explosive play battle. I mean, the formula is pretty clear. We need to, we need to play physical and reduce the explosive play. We need to create those through energy and effort and great execution on offense. We can't turn the ball over. we got to create turnovers. Those are the same reasons that we won games on the road last year. We, we affected those areas through effort and, and our conditioning and really decision-making and discipline. And, and this group's learning that. We, we've put that together twice this year, and those are the two games we've won. So the conversation is going to be about, you know, the, the ability to go out and do that every week and control what you can control. We can control our energy. We can make good decisions and, you know, throw the ball away and punt the ball when we need to. And obviously the effort that gets you to the second and third levels gets you to a ball where you can strip it out, gets you to a, a batted ball, you can pick it off. I mean, those are things we've got to continue to affect. Yeah, on Saturday, seven explosives for Utah State compared to two from Air Force. Two takeaways by the Aggies compared to one for Air Force. So they won in both of those categories. And, uh, you know, it, we saw the result. Um, and in some of the other games that we've seen where they've struggled, you know, BYU had six explosives compared to only three from USU. They had three takeaways, and the Aggies didn't have any. So, I mean, you can see... You know, kind of the results, even um, even in the uh, UNLV game. Uh, explosives, it was pretty even. Aggies had one more explosive than UNLV did, but they had six takeaways, and that's just really hard to overcome for just about anybody. So, you know, those are, those are things that this Utah State squad has proven to be pretty good at, and when they're hitting on both of those, then, you know, that's... Uh, it's going to yield the results. It's going to win the game. Uh, going back to our full court press text line, 9315, texting it again. Is Jason filling in the janitor's shoes by being gone a lot? And we bring it up when he comes back. He'll say, okay, as in, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope he's not gone a lot. But uh, he is gone today, getting work done on his teeth. He'll be gone tomorrow, too, by the way, just because we've got some high school football on a Wednesday as a Logan High football will be at Cottonwood. And Jason Walker is the play-by-play voice of the Logan High Grizzlies on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Uh, We won't have any high school football here on the fan because Skyview will not be playing. Mountain Crest, they're going to be hosting Maple Mountain. And uh, uh, Bear River hosting Salem Hills. And then uh, Ridgeline, heading over the hill to take on the Box Elder Bees in Brigham City. So kind of an interesting Wednesday lined up for our local high school football teams. And I know some of our Idaho schools and uh, Rich, um, they will be playing on Friday. So keep an eye on CashValleyDaily.com for the replays. Well, you can watch the, the games live. We'll have streams, uh, video streams available there. Uh, opportunities to listen to those games on a variety of different local radio stations and online if you're outside of the area. And then we'll have the scoreboard and photo galleries. and All that will be posted on Cash Valley Daily over the next uh, several days. So you can go back and watch that. Uh, but getting back to Utah State, you know, this is a, a team that, as we talked about, their formula for success. And they, they can't get away from that against Colorado State. This is a team that... 
had a change at quarterback. Their starting quarterback left. He's going to transfer. They've got a freshman quarterback. Uh, they've had a couple other guys hurt. Uh, one of their leading corners announced this week that he's going to transfer. That's a program in disarray, which is a little surprising, to be honest, because they were, uh, they were it was a team with good players last year, but was poorly coached. And Jay Norvell comes in, and I thought, okay, here's a guy who started to have some success in Reno. I think he kind of knows what he's doing. And he comes to Fort Collins, and it's been a shambles. So I'm pretty surprised, to be honest. I, I thought Colorado State would be – I wasn't thinking they'd be at the top of the Mountain West, but I thought they'd be a competitive team in the middle of the pack, perhaps. Instead, they're at the bottom. Uh, now they did get their first win at Nevada over the weekend. That was a, a big, exciting game for that coach and those players. A lot of transfers, a lot on the line there, a lot of emotion in that game. But that game was won at the end as time expired on an untimed down. Initially missed the field goal, which would have been the game winner. But uh, there's the Nevada players bump into the Colorado kicker, so they get one more chance. And he hits it to win the game for them. But there certainly is a connection here in Logan uh, for this game. Not just revenge. This is a team that really got after Logan Bonner last year, made it difficult for the Aggies. Uh, Really, that game last year came down to the wire for Utah State. Colorado State had uh, all kind of, it was a madhouse on who's coming on the field and who's not and what they're going to do on the down as the clock is running down and is rushed, and their kicker, who was really good to that point, got rushed and flustered and ends up missing a field goal, which would have won the game for Colorado State. But uh, besides all of that drama, Utah State has on their roster a transfer from Nevada who's going to know who that coach is across the way and going to it has a relationship with a significant number of players across the way as well. And that's Daniel Grishik, the Utah State defensive end. And he's getting excited for this one. And not just this one game on the schedule, but uh, there's another team on the schedule too that he's excited to face a little bit later on in the year. Okay, Colorado State's going to be a highlight because my old coaches is there. You know, I got I to gotta do it to them. I, love, I still got love for my coaches. They was great coaches. They taught me a lot. But Colorado State and Hawaii, my guy, Coach Timmy Chan, he a legend. He used to coach me when I played tight end. He the head coach at Hawaii now. But I can't wait to play him because my, that's my guy. And, you know, I just got to show him. I just got to show him who the Aggies is. <laughs> so there you go. Daniel Grishik excited for two games on the schedule. He's got two games circled. This one. And uh, the one at Hawaii coming up in a month on November 12th. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Grishik knows those coaches, uh, very familiar with those guys. Timmy Chang used to be part of that coaching staff. Um, and uh, Ned's now a first-year head coach at Hawaii. So interesting combination uh, or recognitions over there uh, with what's going on with Daniel Grishik and the Colorado State sideline. Uh, 9315, another text. Uh, Is it above the coach's head that they are in disarray with Colorado State football? Um, Is it above the coach's head, like because of their athletic department or the university? Or is he just in over his head? not sure I fully understand the text there, 9315. Um, 
But Jay Norvell, I thought he was an okay coach. I was surprised he he was kind of seemed like a lateral move to stay in conference. But Colorado State has a bigger budget, has a better stadium, has more facilities. So it was, a, and he got paid almost twice. So it was a, definitely a step up for him to go to Colorado State. But um, he was a guy that was kind of had a mediocre time at Nevada, then started to see some success. They had a great running back, a great uh, quarterback, and uh, some really good wide receivers. And they started to really advance and play well and pick up some wins. I think they kind of underperformed last year based on what that team was expected to be able to do. Uh, but then he comes over to Colorado State, and it's been a mess over there. So kind of surprising. Uh, is it over his head? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think nobody should, should judge too harshly after the first year. You're dealing with other people's recruits, other people's um, you know, systems that and, and habits that are in place. It, it takes a little bit for a coach to really put their own personal stamp on things. I usually say you need to wait till the third season to really know how good a coach is or, or isn't. Um, so I think we have to still give him a little bit of time before we really know what he's going to be like at Colorado State. Uh, 5338. Texting in, drop the puck, opening night in the NHL. Yeah, it's exciting for the start of the NHL season. It's a long season for the NHL, but it's getting underway. Um, and um, that's about all I know, 5338. I, I saw something earlier today that, yes, tonight is the opening night, and uh, really that's about all that I know. I couldn't tell you who the favorites are going to be, but um, here's hoping for a great NHL season. I think last year worked out pretty good for them. Uh, I heard that they got some pretty solid ratings and that the hockey um, NHL as a league is is pretty healthy. But that's really all I can tell you, unfortunately. Um, not as well-versed on the whole uh, Air Force. Not Air Force. <laughs> NHL, sorry, I was reading another another thing on the, on the uh, cut sheet. So, yes. Thank you for the shout-out for the NHL. I know they're starting, and that's about all that I can say. Uh, coming up next on the Full Court Press, um, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, NFL. Week 5 just concluded last night. Controversy last night, and several controversial calls over the weekend. And is it an overreaction to what happened a week ago with, uh, with Miami and Tua Tonga-Vailoa, with our are the referees in the NFL taking away what any defender may be able to do anymore uh, in this uh, in this league? Several controversial calls last night in uh, Kansas City as well, and then some controversy after the game too. So a lot to discuss with what's going on in the NFL. Love to get your thoughts and reactions to it. 435-339-0321 right here on the Full Court Press. Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. 
This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.E. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to seneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. For over 20 years, Ages Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Ages' goal is to meet those needs. Ages Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Ages, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Ages Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myages.com. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year, and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12 and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Looking for ways to serve but don't know where to begin? Go to JustServe.org, a free site to help those who want to serve find opportunities nearby. JustServe has teamed up with organizations nationwide. Go to JustServe.org and type in your city, and you'll see a list of service opportunities. Sign up on JustServe to receive emails letting you know about new projects. JustServe is fast, free, and easy. JustServe.org is provided as a service by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. A Valvoline Instant Oil Change is right across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Stop in and get your vehicle serviced by trained professionals. And they're now open on Sundays, so you can do it every day of this week. Seven days a week, 695 North Main in Logan. That's Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, one of the things I want to get to here today, and certainly we always do this on, on Tuesdays, Stat That Blew Our Minds, or Player of the Week. So if you've got some nominations for that, we'll take those. And uh, share those as we get going as well. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in, give a nomination on something like that. Um, and uh, do that on our full court press text line. Uh, 5879 texting in on that line says the NFL. Maybe they have a point there because there are rules against blindside blocks and blocks in the back. So maybe this is more about protecting a defenseless player. And quarterbacks are in that position quite a bit. Okay, so 
I was thinking that there's there seemed to be a bit of an overreaction in the NFL over this weekend. With all the controversy surrounding Tua Tonga-Vailoa and was he inserted back into a game before he was ready? Because uh, he got tackled a few weeks ago, came back the following week, and people were questioning. He looked like he was concussed, but he came back, and then he got tackled again, and it was ugly. Um, and so you know, is the NFL kind of pivoting? We're going to take extra precautions here. Because the, the, the protocol is under a lot of scrutiny. Now, is it, is it being followed properly? Are they doing it right? Um, are we still putting players in harm's way? And we saw, again, a Dolphins quarterback seemingly taken out of the game early. Didn't look like he had problems. He was given thumbs up. He was talking to his players after being tackled. Um, and... There was, uh, it seemed like there was solid communication, but he gets sent to the locker room. Tom Brady gets, looks like he gets sacked, and it looked like a clean and normal play that you'd see any any normal football game. But there's a flag thrown for roughing the passer, and we saw it again last night with uh, with Derek Carr. He gets he gets tackled. The ball gets stripped. Kansas City recovers the ball, but flag thrown, roughing the passer. So not only do they not get the turnover, but Las Vegas maintains the ball and moves the ball upfield even more. So it seems like a bit of an overreaction in trying to swing the pendulum the other way. And when I watch some of these plays, I'm just watching these plays thinking, how would... How does anybody even go after a quarterback anymore? Are we just going to put flags under their belts? And when you pull the flag, maybe some sound or a light goes off and, oh, you're down. I don't care what your throwing motion is. We're just doing two-hand touch or flag football for the quarterback. But I did see uh, there was a pool reporter that got to ask the lead official for the game last night and was asking specifically about that that uh, that play, that roughing the passer call on Derek Carr. And essentially, the ref was defending the call, saying it was the correct call because the quarterback was in uh, somewhat of a defenseless position. And uh, the, the, the strip, the ball comes loose, doesn't matter. It's how he was hit. And, I okay, I get if you're trying to protect a defenseless player, but... At the same time, some of those look like normal tackles that you'd see in any other game. So it just seems to me like they're this uber sensitive with anything involving the quarterback position. Any other player, uh, gosh, I saw lots of guys going up to attempt to catch a ball. And they're exposed and they get separated from the ball, but you know, there's no flag thrown there. So I just think it's become really, really hard for defensive players in general to make plays. We've made it hard for cornerbacks and safeties to defend wide receivers, and we've made it really hard for linebackers, defensive ends, to go after quarterbacks. I get it. Scoring is fun. Seeing big plays, that's fun. 
that's what people want to watch. But we don't celebrate the defensive players like we should. And we should celebrate when a defensive player makes a great play. When a defensive player comes through and makes a stop. But we just look at that as, oh, that defensive guy slowed down and took away an opportunity for a highlight. When instead, we should be celebrating that as a highlight. And I just think we're getting away from celebrating defense. And it's really unfortunate because there are some outstanding players who can make great plays. Believe me, I'm all about protecting players and being mindful about the impact of the game on people's long-term health. Too much of sport, especially football, can be viewed as a plug-and-play. Once that player's uh, injured, you just grind them out until you can't use them anymore and then just plug in a new player at that position because there's plenty of them coming up from the college ranks. But you got to got to let defensive players play. I just I don't I don't know if it's going to kind of come back to the mean or if it's kind of setting a new precedent going forward. I don't know, but it just seems like there were a number of cases this past week from Thursday to Monday where it just seemed like a bit of an overreaction being overprotective of the quarterback position. I I understand protecting somebody who's not in a position to defend themselves or at least you know, come down in a little bit easier manner. But, uh, I mean, defensive players have a job to do, and we seem like we're making it harder and harder for them to do their job. 435-339-0321, if you want to weigh in, agree or disagree, love to get your takes on that. Uh, we'll look back at the, not just the overreactions from the weekend, but uh, the results as well, and hear more from Coach Anderson, some of the players too, and getting ready for their matchup with Colorado State and more of their reactions to what happened against Air Force last Saturday also. 435-339-0321. Ride the bus to the North Logan Pumpkin Walk Thursday through Saturday, October 6th through 8th, and Monday and Tuesday, October 10th and 11th. The Cache Valley Transit District will provide zero fare bus service from Greenville Elementary to the Pumpkin Walk at Elk Ridge Park. Bus service begins at 6 p.m. and runs till 10, beginning at Greenville Elementary. The CBTD bus is always warm, dry, and clean and gets you closer to the entrance of the Pumpkin Walk. Have fun, be safe, and enjoy this year's North Logan Pumpkin Walk by riding with the Cache Valley Transit District. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. This is the herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12 and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. 
Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear Store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. And get yourself prepared for the winter with your help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. Antifreeze for and fuel stabilizer, ice melt, RV antifreeze. And even those uh, heat storm tradesman infrared heaters that are portable and uh, you can wall mount them also. Great for shops or your garage. It's all in stock now at your five locally owned Preston of Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. And uh, they sponsor the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, getting back to our full court press text line, 9315, texting in. The player of the week is rookie Justin Bean with his winning, uh, well, winning his team's dance-off. Yeah, I saw the video of Justin Bean. There's kind of a rookie hazing, which is kind of popular throughout the NBA. You throw the rookies out at a scrimmage or a preseason game and make them do something silly. For Utah, it was... All the rookies had to sing Baby Shark. Uh, but for the Grizzlies, they had a dance-off. All the rookies had to go into midcourt and uh, do a little dance. And uh, Justin Bean, he had some moves. Great footwork. Unfortunately, it didn't secure him a spot on the roster as he was cut just the other day. Uh, 7994, should we really call it defense if the only reason an offense doesn't score is because they didn't execute? Like drop a pass or overthrow the receiver? Yeah. I mean... That the way that game ended last night, I don't know that was Kansas City defense winning the game. It was two Raiders receivers running into each other. Uh, that, I feel bad for the Raiders, the way their season has gone. So many opportunities squandered for them so far this year. A, a team that was a dark horse Super Bowl team, Derek Carr, dark horse uh, MVP candidate. I mean, they got all the trappings to do it. They just haven't been able to put a full game together and seal the deal. It's really kind of crazy how that season has gone for them. Ah, bizarre, to be honest. Uh, 435-339-0321. We'll get into the player of the week and stat that blew my mind coming up next hour. If you want to give a recommendation or a nomination for either, I'd love to get it on our full court press text line. We'll also get into the Major League Baseball playoffs. How did you like the wild card format this year? And uh, just how the playoffs are going on so far in Major League Baseball. And recapping 
Week five of the NFL and looking back at how some former Aggies did in the NFL over the weekend as well. So we'll touch on all of those, including more audio from Coach Blake Anderson and some of the players looking back on that great win over Air Force and looking ahead to what they've got coming up this weekend at Colorado State. It's coming up next hour. Stick around here on The Fan. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL has a long history of controversial calls, and in a world where almost every game is available to be seen, streamed, or replayed, we are now more aware of blown calls than ever before. This week's NFL slate, a perfect example of that. The football world was up in arms after this weekend's Falcons defensive tackle Grady Jarrett tossed Tom Brady to the ground, drawing a roughing the passer penalty. And then last night, Chris Jones flagged for a similar play. I understand the NFL wants to protect quarterbacks, but at a certain point, a line needs to be drawn. Both calls, questionable at best. But the worst part is they both extended scoring drives, and in Tampa's case, the call even extended the Buccaneers' game-winning drive. For now, we have no choice but to live with the league's decision. But if this continues to be a trend come playoff time, the NFL could be setting itself up for an ugly end to a meaningful postseason. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 